0: Welcome to the Whole Food Vegan Podcast.
1: Exciting vegan food, no crap, no agenda.
0: Helping you enjoy a wonderfully varied, tasty, easy to prepare and nutritious whole food plant-based diet.
1: Simple tip, easy recipes and helpful hints on how to get more enticing vegan meals into your diet. Usually recorded after a bottle of Merlot on a Friday night.
0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Whole Food Vegan Podcast. I'm Mark.
1: Hello, I'm Sue.
0: And uh, you may have noticed we've been away for a little while. We're very sorry about that, but as you know, I'm sure you'll know, t- uh, life sometimes takes over. So we've been we've been away on holiday and we've sort of started new jobs between us and... Yeah,
1: work's just been a major factor, hasn't it? We've just had so much work on the pair of us that we've just yeah really struggle to get together actually to kind of synchronize the yeah. to be able to do it so apologies but we're back now
0: so in this episode uh, we're gonna have a little chat about some of the stuff that we've been doing because i think um, that could be quite interesting particularly we went away on holiday so we'll talk about that and how we self-catered we've also got a couple of very quick recipes we're going to talk about uh spanish-style charred chickpeas mm-hmm with cauliflower uh, steaks and lemon and ginger sauce mm-hmm. and then we're going to go on to talk about our topic of the week breakfast so this is going to be really useful for um, if perhaps if you're new to being vegan and you're wondering what you can have for breakfast and also for caterers so perhaps if you run a bed and breakfast or you run a hotel or you're catering for friends that are vegan we're going to talk a little bit about sort of cooking inclusively and how to make it easier to share vegan breakfasts
1: yeah, so as you know, we always kind of uh, start talking about what we've been up to. So we recently went on a um, sort of pilgrimage to the Orkneys in Scotland. Um, and we decided to hire a campervan and do self-catering, self really. So we self-catered for the whole holiday. And we only ate out once, didn't we? And we went to a well-known pizza chain where we they did. had a very good uh, vegan it's menu. It's not the
0: BBC. You can mention it if you <laughs> want to. Okay, well, I'm not going
1: to. But interestingly, we also went up on the sleeper train and this is an example of where we'd pre-booked everything and made double sure in writing and spoken to someone a week beforehand to make sure there was going to be vegan options for So this is
0: one of our top tips when you travel or if you go somewhere that you don't know for sure phone ahead yeah. and check to say, you know, yeah. we are vegan and this is our definition of it. This is yeah. what we this is what we do and we don't want. And that's what, what you did.
1: Yeah, and they said, you know, like when we booked it months ago, you know, confirm it in writing, which we did, and we had confirmation, then ring up and check the week before you go, which we did, and we even checked and we booked in, they're like, oh yeah, no, we haven't got anything on board for you that's vegan. It's like, well, you know, we've done everything we can to make it possible. And actually they did manage to feed us. So we ended up having some vegan yogurt with um, some fruit, which was absolutely fine, but it wasn't really what we were kind of expecting. But again, on the return journey, we had a sort of similar thing where they actually did provide a vegan breakfast and we had double checked everything and it was a bit of a disappointment. So it's just to say, you know, again, it's a bit like if you turn up at someone's house with a weird dietary requirement and expect them to feed you, you're going to have you know, a slim chance. Whereas if you can do everything you can, you know, you've kind of covered every base, but probably in the future, again, we just take extra stuff with us to make sure. Hmm. But the actual catering on the holiday was fine, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, we self-catered. So we had a camper van for eight nights and we did the North Coast 500 around Scotland and we self-catered. And we really, because we're in a camper van, and um, traveling we didn't really know when was going to be the next opportunity to pick up food so what we did was we bought kind of about three days worth of food every time we passed a town we bought a mixture of tinned and dried so uh, tinned beans passata dried uh, rice pasta noodles with a mixture of fresh yeah and it worked it worked really well. Yeah,
1: it did. We ate really well. I mean we did use some more convenience food than we would have normally used, but you know, that's the compromise you make for actually eating really well when you're away in a small confined place. So it was actually really simple and it worked really well. Mm. 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 Okay, so we're going to also talk about a little bit about barbecue season because I know we're into the summer now, and I don't know about you guys, but I've really noticed the push in supermarkets and in their magazines and things to really cater for a vegan barbecue season. It seems to me there's a massive increase in the amount of vegan barbecue food.
0: Yeah, I think there's a there's an increase, kind of what I would call crossover food. So it's it's made to look and taste and have the texture of meat. But it's not. It's vegan. Mm. And the advantage of those is that you can serve them to non-vegans and they're very often just as enjoyable to a a meat eater. And particularly for barbecues, they hold together. Mm. So you do find sometimes if you make, say, leek and cheese sausages – they would work fine fried in a frying pan. But if you try to put that on a barbecue, it's just going to fall through all the the grates and it just won't work. And it depends
1: on the vegan cheese that you use as well because that's the other thing. If you make your own stuff, you get to experiment a bit. Whereas if you buy it from a supermarket, you hope that they've done all the experimenting Mm. for you. So, yeah, I mean, it's all trial and error, but there seems to be a massive market shift this time for you know loads of salads and loads of kind of like you say crossover barbecue food um and particularly you know in the bigger supermarkets they're really ahead of the game so they're really on it i think not and i think i
0: think you can equally make really good barbecue food with uh tofu yeah tofu works really well stuck on a skewer yeah. with some vegetables um a barbecue uh, marinade sauce over the top absolutely fantastic especially
1: your homemade tofu especially is oh yes homemade
0: tofu so we have got a recipe on here on the website for homemade tofu look that up oh, it's that amazing. is brilliant yeah
1: it's really good yeah and you know again another thing we saw on holiday which is a bit of a novelty but you've perhaps have seen it already is these mobile pizza ovens that you can take camping they're all the rage this year um they're literally kind of stainless steel uh Mini pizza oven, wood fired, I think, aren't they, or gas yeah, fired? Yeah, no, uh, you get I I can get both. You can get both. Um, and they come in there, a carry case and everything. And we rocked up at the base camp of Ben Nevis in our camper van to see some guy in a you know knackered old van turn up and get out this amazing pizza oven and cook pizza from scratch. It was like, oh, pizza envy of all the places. So yeah, I think that's on the wish list: mobile pizza oven. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Okay, so we've got a couple of recipes that we um, might have mentioned in the previous episode that we we're going to talk about that are really, really nice, very different recipes. Um, you're going to talk about cauliflower steak.
0: Yeah, so um, we're kind of getting towards the end of the cauliflower season now. So we, we put this in because last time it was we was have been cauliflower season. season. <laughs> uh, but you, obviously you can still get cauliflower in the shops, but as you know, we, we quite like to eat seasonally if we can. But this was a really different way of having cauliflower. So as a kid... I just used the way I only ever experienced cauliflower was just chopped into florets and boiled. Mm -hmm. That was how we had it with a a roast dinner. This was a cauliflower steak. So it's literally slicing the cauliflower down the middle and then slicing it into kind of inch thick steaks. Uh, They were breaded in the oven with an amazingly zingy lemon and ginger sauce Mm. it was absolutely amazing yeah it's from a recipe book uh, by ching he huang called asian greens and i'm not going to talk too much about the recipe on here i will tag her in the post and i'll put a link to the recipe if i can find it online Mm. but check it out it's a really really tasty way and a very different way of having cauliflower,
1: and cauliflower roasted generally is just such a different experience to having boiled cow. You know. Do you
0: remember we went to that we went restaurant. to that restaurant yeah. called the Vineyard yeah. in Newbury, and we had a meal, and the evening meal it was called something like cauliflower six ways or something.
1: Yeah, I think it was textures of cauliflower. And it was, or something. It, was, yeah. it, was
0: it was it was a whole dish made of pureed cauliflower, a bit of boiled, a bit of fried. Um, And it was cauliflower done in so many different ways. And it really opened my eyes to how amazing a vegetable it is. Yeah. If you can be creative with really.
1: it. Absolutely. And that's the that's the bonus of going to a posh hotel now and then um where you get, you know, a really good chef in the restaurant. Um but yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it was it was good.
0: And you're gonna talk about a Spanish style chard with chickpeas.
1: Yeah, so this is a Riverford recipe, and um what I like about this recipe is it's a really good way of using up loads and loads of chard, because sometimes when you get chard in a veg box, there's so much of it and you just don't know what to do with it and it goes off quite quickly. So this is a really colourful dish and it's a very nice sort. Sort of lunch dish, and what they recommend is it's equally good cold as well as hot, so you can make it and leave it just to marinate in its own juices once it's cooked. And about an hour later, at room temperature, it's apparently really good as well. Haven't tried it that way yet. Very simple recipe. We never have any food left over we to eat don't. cold. No, that's true, yes. <laughs> uh, so, this is a recipe which is kind of a brunch recipe, and it's very basically um, as always, you detach the stems from the leaves of the chard, chop them separately, uh, saute the um, uh onion in a frying pan with salt um once that's soft add garlic and cook for a couple of minutes add a tin of chickpeas the charred stems paprika and cayenne pepper and cook for a couple of minutes stir in the charred leaves and cook for a further couple of minutes then just add some olive oil a couple of splashes of sherry vinegar which i remember tasted amazing really brings out the flavor but it's a very brightly colored dish if you can see you've got the um chickpeas which obviously are white you've got the uh, red stems of the chard and then you've got the green leaves of the chard equally you can make it with black chickpeas that would probably look quite good yeah but it was a very very nice very simple side dish um yeah highly recommended
0: or pak choy so pak choy is in season now mm. you could you could make it with pak choy uh, you could make it with spinach you could mm. make it with any greens Yeah. use up use up greens yeah
1: and it's, it's just a really tasty side dish really good
0: and again we'll we'll post a link to to that in the show notes mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so, on to the main subject of the podcast this week, is breakfast. Yeah. It's a good job I've just had my breakfast, because it always makes me happy. Uh, yeah, otherwise
0: we'd be going, oh yeah, well, yeah let's go make some more.
1: <laughs> so, uh, we might have mentioned this before, when we have our park run on a Saturday, we come back and have a fry-up, which is a bit naughty, really, but we'd probably do it anyway, even if we didn't run, so it kind of evens out. And as we've already mentioned, Mark makes his own tofu, but very often we'll just eat it out of a packet and fry it in a scrambled tofu, which we've talked about before, mm sausages well you know there's as many types of vegan sausages out there as you can think of whether you buy them or make them there's some amazing recipes i'm going to try that um sage and apple sausage that gaz oakley has recommended in his book one day that sounds really good um mushrooms again you can cook them as many ways as you like homemade baked beans we've talked about hash browns sometimes they're vegan sometimes they're not if you buy them in the supermarket you can just make your own All sorts of stuff you can put in a fried breakfast. There's no end to
0: it. Yeah, there's no, and there's absolutely no reason why a fried breakfast can't be made um, uh, vegan. And I think the the thing, if you do have a fry up, is that the thing that's often very appealing about meat fry up is lots of different textures lots of different flavors all thrown together and that principle textures and flavors you can do equally well with with vegan
1: yeah and again you know we use the air fryer a lot so although you might be having a lot of fried stuff sometimes you can actually air fry it yeah air it fried sausages
0: work really well yeah. yeah air fried hash browns work, yeah, work yeah. brilliantly
1: yeah and again you know it's one of those things when you go to a restaurant or a hotel um we stayed overnight and they've got all these things on the menu that you could potentially have like baked beans and mushrooms and hash browns and they've just decided to cook them in animal fat for some bizarre reason which makes them completely inedible for a vegan (laughs) so yeah again check if you're in a hotel that's something that we get a bit angsty about
0: and I think that's so if you are catering for vegans whether that's professionally or whether you've got vegans over to stay it's just thinking about how you would cook and can you cook inclusively so if you are going to fry something rather than fry it in butter and coat it in butter, fry it in uh, coconut oil or a vegan butter. And then instantly you've got mushrooms that would normally be coated in butter and fried in butter. You've got vegan mushrooms. Same with hash browns. There's no need to coat uh, hash browns in egg to brown them off. There's no need to fry hash browns in butter. Mm. It's really simple and it's... It's about thinking inclusively rather than exclusively and making the the, so more people can eat the same food. You don't have to cook different things for vegans. Yeah. It's just about thinking and cooking inclusively.
1: And it's the same with gluten free or I've got a friend who's got a yeast allergy. You know, it's not difficult to cook for them and make it vegan because we've got to have it vegan. They've got to have it you know wheat free or whatever it's actually really simple we just take a little bit of extra couple of minutes to plan what we're going to cook and it's fine um again you know cereals unfortunately most of the mainstream cereals although they haven't got directly got animal ingredients as part of their makeup so things like cornflakes you'd think would be vegan unfortunately they often have um an insect-based uh coating on them or a milk-based coating on them which isn't always declared in the ingredients so you do have to be quite fussy if you're a very strict vegan, if you're, if you're just eating as much plant-based as you can, then it's not so much of an issue. But, but, you know, again, check all the ingredients on boxes and ask for packet information. We've had to ask for uh, margarine tubs to be brought out in restaurants and things, haven't we? Because they've told us it's vegan, but we're not sure. So don't be afraid to ask um things like pastries now you know again there's no reason why they can't be made vegan most sort of puff pastry that you'd make such things as pan chocolate or croissants out of that is actually vegan so look at the ingredients and make your own that's why i say um Get those ready rolled ones, you know the ones I'm talking about. Yeah, all the, the ones just in the roll tin. ones yeah. are really good. Yeah, and they're and I think all vegan. Sainsbury's now do their own vegan croissants and pan chocolat in a packet. But, but the order. just
0: roll ones are accidentally vegan, they're not, yeah. they're not branded as no. vegan, they just are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, things like yogurt, you know, there's a multitude of vegan yogurts out there. Obviously, you can make smoothies, there's masses that you can buy, but they're so simple to make. You just whiz up all your fruit in in a smoothie maker or in a whizzer uh, with some, you know, vegan yogurt or some vegan milk if you want or some juice there's loads of options there and your favorite breakfast is porridge
0: yeah i mean the one of the reasons i like porridge is for the nutritional value and I, I, that's really a link from from what you said about smoothies the good thing with smoothies if if you like it is you can get greens in yeah so when you get greens in you're then getting extra vitamins you're getting extra protein into a breakfast and that's one of the reasons I like porridge. It's really my massive protein hit of the day. Mm. So into porridge, I use um, usually a couple of tablespoons of protein powder. So I use um, either rice or pea protein. Uh, usually rice because the the pea protein is a bit green and it makes the porridge go a bit funny colour. <laughs> uh, but so I use rice powder, which is eighty eighty percent, eighty five percent protein. I also put a handful of seeds. So I buy an omega-3 seed mix and I put in a handful of nuts. I put um, peanuts, uh, peanut butter into my porridge. So in the morning, I get this huge protein hit first thing in the morning. Um, And I just find it very sustaining and a really good way of getting that nutrition in.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have milk into your coffee. So for me, I don't drink any sort of plant milk unless i'm eating porridge and i struggle to eat porridge when it's warm so i like porridge in the winter and i'll have my porridge with a little bit of turmeric a little bit of cinnamon for added sort of nutritional benefit and i'll usually make it with oat or almond or rice milk um, and then i'll slice a banana and some maple syrup on it and a bit of flaxseed and for me that's you know really nutritious breakfast but i prefer my favorite breakfast of all my go-to breakfast is just really nice toasted granary bread with some vegan spread on and Marmite, that is it for me. And a really good cup of coffee. Got to have coffee in the morning. They do
0: need to have coffee. And if
1: I don't have Marmite for breakfast, I feel like something's missing all day. So if there was ever a Marmite catastrophe in the world and I couldn't get it, I don't know what I'd do.
0: And that that's really a, a top tip again. If you are going somewhere, you're going out to have breakfast, there are some places that just don't have any vegan offerings at all for breakfast. So we almost always will take a little pot of vegan spread and a little jar of Marmite. Mm -hmm. And then worst case scenario, we can have a slice of bread. Again, just making sure that the bread hasn't got a milk covering on it, Mm. uh, a milk coating on it. Just have a slice of bread, toast it, and we've got our own butter and Marmite.
1: But it's amazing how many places you go to and they just completely can't cater for vegans you know how difficult is it to make a vegan breakfast it's really not that difficult there's so many choices out there you know even a fruit platter can look really nice with a tub of you know natural vegan yogurt it's not difficult and um you know most places offer a vegan milk usually now so it's not that difficult and again vegan milks you can make that yourself it's actually quite easy but equally it's very simple to pick up a packet and take it with you Um, Mm. yeah
0: i think the key if anyone is catering Um, is to think think and cook inclusively Mm. so even if you say okay well I'm going to cook um, I'm going to cook some mushrooms for the vegans and mushrooms for the non-vegans you're actually cooking exclusively then why why do that why Mm -hmm. not just cook one lot of mushrooms that are equally as tasty that everyone can eat the same with the beans the same with the hash browns Think and cook inclusively, and things
1: like granola, you know how many times have you gone to eat granola somewhere um and you think it's a really healthy option, it's really natural, like low sugar maybe or what have you, but then it's got honey in it, and you know we don't eat honey some I know some people do, but we don't, so things like that, if you just buy a granola or a cereal that's completely vegan and you've always got a stock of some sort of alternative milk in, then you're covered it's mm-hmm. easy, mm. yeah, very easy, okay. So that probably wraps up breakfast because if we start talking about coffee, we'll be here till lunchtime. So we'll just leave it that you've got to have a good cup of coffee with your breakfast. <laughs> Let's leave it with that. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so what are we going to talk about next time?
0: So next week, so as you may know, we do have some favourite topics here. One of our favourite topics is pie. So was... That's one of your favourite Oh, topics. OK. Yeah. <laughs> one... One of our favorite topics is alcohol. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, next episode, we're going to talk a little bit about alcohol because, unbelievably, um, almost, I won't say all beer, but a lot of beer, a good percentage of beer is not, alco- is not vegan. It's not alcohol. It's not, no it's, not <laughs> no, it's definitely alcohol. It's not vegan. You've been
1: drinking already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, there's a lot of wine, isn't um uh, vegan as well. So, we're going to have a little look at some alcohols. We will make some recommendations because we are quite into our yeah. wines. So we'll make some good recommendations. And,
1: and it's also the um, local food and beer festival this weekend coming. So by then we will be probably at the beer and beer food up. festival. Yeah, <laughs> let's do a live broadcast. Oh
0: no, yeah, quite <laughs> let's not
1: funny. Let's not. Okay, so it's good to be back, and thank you for your patience bearing with us. But um, yeah, we will speak to you again next week, and um, yeah, have a good one.
0: And any questions you have about breakfast, uh, any comments you have, please do let us know. Or any questions. For our next episode around alcohol, please do let us know. There are links on our website of how you can contact us.
1: And do you want to just give the website again so people can get in touch? It's
0: uh, govegan.online.
1: Okay, so we'll speak to you again soon. Take care. Bye.
0: Bye. thank you for listening and if you have enjoyed this podcast please remember to rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from if you'd like to be featured on the show or to send us any comments please email behealthy at govegan.online see you soon